Ladies, a man will never spend every single morning of his life setting up elaborate roadblocks for the two of you to meet. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. And honestly, he probably shouldn't. But <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the second installment of Pod Girl Summer. We're shopping, we're hanging out at the mall, we're wearing lip gloss, we're mini skirts. Cause it is so we're hot. so wetting because we can't have the AC <laughs> on when we record. Oh my gosh. It has been brutal. Absolutely brutal. I went to get a facial yesterday. And then I had to walk like 10 minutes to the bus. And I'm like, great. I just undid this facial that I had because oh, now my no. pores are clogged again with sweat, I'm sure. Oh, no. I honestly <laughs> haven't – I mean, it, it's been hot the past couple of days. But my only really like big issue was that the other day I was wearing um, a sleeveless shirt. And I was like, oh, my God, do I smell? Like, oh, am no. I sweating? <laughs> Because I usually wear native deodorant, which I love, but it's not an antiperspirant. So obviously it's not like your high-duty chemical-infused <laughs> antiperspirant. Yeah. And I was like, if I smell right now, I'm going to off myself. <laughs> but I think it was more of just like I could tell mm. – but I don't think it was it was staying in the in the personal right, space zone. Right. Yeah. Cause I like later on, my boss was like, does it smell kind of weird in here? And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> but it was actually someone else. And he was oh. like, Oh, I think it's the person who's cleaning because they're like moving around and sweating. And I was and you're like, like, Yeah, not me. One hundred percent. No, I'm not one of those girls who sweats. Those girls are all boobs and no brains. (laughs) And I'm like, I am. That's why I need all the heavy-duty chemicals. I need them all. So anyways, we hope you're all staying uh, staying dry out there. But but without further ado, should we get into today's film? Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It stars two of... I don't know if I can say really my favorite actors, but like mm. together. Yes. The an incredible duo. Yeah. Exactly. So we are covering the 2004. I can't, I don't know if it's summer, but it's definitely a warm weather classic. It absolutely takes place in November, but it is in a in tropical qu- climate. So yeah. yeah. 51st dates. Ugh. So good. It's another Drew Barrymore Sandler classic. Mm-hmm. I I will say I do prefer The Wedding Singer to Fifty First Dates, but Fifty First Dates is a is a great movie, and I enjoy it thoroughly every time. Yeah, I love Fifty First Dates. I think it's really one of his more grounded roles. Mm. Like he is funny, but there is a lot of times in this movie where he's just like, like I am like strong and like i'm gonna be there for you mm, and i'm a romantic and yeah, I'm, I'm i'm your rock yeah and he's not really doing a lot of the gross out comedy it's uh it's more so put on to others to to carry that weight yeah. of the film what's his name rob schneider oh god who i feel like is wearing a prosthetic nose I mean, there's a wig, there's a a contact involved. I'm sure. Yeah. There's more, but I mean, if you if you listen to our 
the hot chick episode, you know how we feel about Rob Schneider, and it's not good. I want to see if he wears a prosthetic. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I can't tell for sure, but it is definitely like a caricature role, mm-hmm. and it's super like racist, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know he's Filipino, but he's not like Native Hawaiian, to my knowledge. No, I don't believe so. And it's also just like he's like idiotic, like adventure guy who says crude things. And what else? There's something else that he does. Oh, he smokes a ton of weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shall we get into the numbers? Let's stop talking about that greasy <laughs> old man and get into the numbers, baby. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. The meat and potatoes of this episode. Exactly. <laughs> so they had a $75 million budget. and high. they made High I know, budget. It's very high. I guess this was when they were both very famous, so it tracks. Yeah, and it was also shot on location. In Hawaii, gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and they did make a lot in the box office. They made 198.5 million. So mm-hmm. big return. Successful. High risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, initially the script was actually called 51st Kisses, but they changed the name of the film to 51st Dates because the studio found through um, their marketing department that the term kisses was turning off guys. So, yeah, sure. Guys love to be like, kisses. Ew. Uh. <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to kiss a woman? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. <sighs> so, Barrymore, obviously, fantastic job in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice when the credits were rolling in the beginning that it was like Adam Sandler's production company yeah. and that I'm pretty sure her production company as well, which is like Flower or Daisy or something. Like, Did very... Flower Films work on this movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, so she's really invested in it, it seems. Yeah. And I guess she really liked the script. And also she was sold on the script when she read it and wrote Sandler a letter suggesting it as their next film together after The Wedding Singer. She's Excellent very excited. Choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the ranking order, because I just watched Blended for the first time like a couple months ago, and that one is not is not as good as Wedding Singer and Fifty First States. So in my mind, it's like Wedding Singer number one, Fifty First States number two, and then unfortunately Blended at um at a very low three. Mm. I haven't seen Blended. So Yeah. I don't know. It just it wasn't doing it for me. Personally. Yeah. That tracks. That tracks. As we mentioned, uh, this movie was shot on location in various parts of Hawaii, but uh, the Hukilau Cafe that Lucy and Henry are eating breakfast at every morning is a real place. It is still standing. Every place they shot in that was like a location in Hawaii is gorgeous and just so beautiful. I really liked the diner scenes because Mm -hmm. it was nice to see like – I mean, I don't know if those actors are Native Hawaiian, but like in the movie, they're Mm -hmm. Native Hawaiian. And it is interesting to have a movie where the main characters are white because it's like so many white people have moved to Hawaii and like really shut out the Native population, which is um, incredibly sad and also like changed the economic and environmental climate of Hawaii because of that. 
So it was nice to just see like normal, here's a diner owned by people mm-hmm. who are from here. And um, I liked that aspect of it as well as like the scenery and stuff. But it is such a, a complicated place. And there's so much like unbelievable disparity in Hawaii, which mm-hmm. is um, something like a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah, definitely. Initially, this movie was actually supposed to be set in Seattle, but then it was Adam Sandler who changed the setting to Hawaii because he was like, oh, like no movies are ever set there. It's such a beautiful place for a Mm -hmm. rom-com. And initially, it was also supposed to be like a more dramatic film, but then they did quite a few rewrites on it to to make it into a comedy. I mean, I hope that money from the production like went to Hawaii, like – yeah. Economically, but I like to just, you know, use the land and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And our last little fun fact for you is that the Hebrew home of Riverdale Bronx has started an experimental program in which residents with early dementia watch a video every morning where they see comforting messages and reminders from family members that they may still know. And like this program, I believe, is still going, at least as of 2015, it was. And, um, the director of social services for the home said that it was inspired by 51st dates. It sounds like a really thoughtful way to remind someone of like what's going on in their life. Yeah. And it is interesting that in the movie, it's like it takes Adam Sandler to be like, hey, guys, why don't you stop like tricking her every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we try something different and a little more like, you know, grounded? Yeah. So after a full year of watching The Sixth Sense every night. Maybe let's try something else. Right. But before we dive into this movie, we just want to remind you that our Patreon episode for the month is out now. This month, the patrons selected The Perks of Being a Wallflower. So if you would like to hear us dive into some 2012 nostalgia, head on over to Patreon and check out our episode. It's $5 a month. You get some cool perks. You also get to listen to all of our back catalog episodes of Patreon movies. So check it out. With that being said... Should we just sail right into it? Let's do it. (laughs) So we open with a beautiful sunset on a Hawaiian beach, and we pan over a pineapple that transitions us into some random woman's kitchen where it's snowing outside. And this woman is telling her friend all about her vacation in Hawaii and that she met this guy. We then get this montage of tons of random women telling their friends about their vacation romance in Hawaii with this great guy. He took them to all these cool local places. They went scuba diving or snorkeling or mountain climbing, or they slow danced in the rain. But it wasn't just all about the sex. It was something more. But then (laughs) it ended kind of weird. When they asked for his phone number, he said he's married slash gay slash entering the priesthood slash doesn't believe in phones slash he kind of just ran away. (laughs) Also, one of the women in this montage, I believe she's the dentist, is Adam Sandler's wife. She always has like a cameo in his movies. Which woman is the dentist? She's, like, doing dental work on someone. But, yeah, she always has a cameo, a little something in his movies. That's cool. But the women all say, it was just a little fling, but I will never forget my week with Henry Roth. Henry Roth. (laughs) Henry Roth. And even Kevin James pops up and says, Henry Roth. (laughs) 
And then we end with what the last woman saying, Harry. Harry paratesticles. Yeah. <laughs> this woman is like a little bit older than the other mm-hmm. woman and she just like gets the short end of the stick in this in this scene. Yeah. So we cut to Henry Roth and a woman is asking him on the pier or I guess they're at a marina or something. There yeah. are boats around them. She's like, why didn't you tell me you were a secret agent? And he's like, I couldn't until I knew it was safe and that you could be trusted. And she asked to call when, like, she lands, but he's like, I'll be in Peru by then, and then speaks into his watch, and he's like, wiki, wiki, what? Hey, Wango, tango, 49er, the kitty is in the bag. (laughs) Exactly. The kitty is in the bag. (laughs) And he says they need to go their separate ways now. She leans in to kiss him, and Henry says, got it, move it out, and, like, (laughs) jumps onto a jet ski driving by. Honestly, impressive. I know. Very impressive. I know. And the guy is like, what the fuck? And he's like, just keep going. I'll give you $20. And he's like, okay, how's your balls doing? (laughs) And he's like, I'm in so much pain. (laughs) He's a scammer. (laughs) He's a scammer. Yeah. It reminds me of the premise of, have you ever seen Just Go With It? No. It's his movie with Jennifer Aniston. Also takes place in Hawaii, actually. Um, but he's also a scammer in that where he pretends to be married to like hook up with women. Basically he like wears a fake wedding ring and then he's like, yeah, my wife beats me or like, oh my God, to get women to be like, let me show you one night of happiness. (laughs) So if there's anything that Adam Sandler loves, it's being afraid of commitment and lying to women, I guess. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we then go to this aquarium slash like sea world ocean park esque thing, which is his actual job. He's a vet. He's a vet, a veterinarian, and he is giving his friend Ula, aka Rob Schneider, um, some stitches after he got a shark bite. And Henry's like, "You got to stop playing with the sharks." And Ula sh- says, "No." Sharks are so peaceful. They're like dogs. They only bite when you touch their private parts. My goodness. And my note after hearing that line was, once again, Rob Schneider being unfunny and racist. Check and check. (laughs) Yeah. So Ula then asks Henry about, you know, his latest vacationing fling and says one of these days he's going to show a tourist such a good time that she's going to stay on the island and then he won't be able to take his big boat trip to Alaska and he'll be stuck Mm -hmm. here waking up next to the same old ugly broad just like him. Meanwhile, Ula's like five children are standing right there staring at him. Right. And he says he's just kidding and they're like, Oh, about the old part or the ugly part? He, he, he. <laughs> and that's when Henry's coworker Alexa, runs in telling Henry, come quick, it's Jocko. Yes. So they race over to Jocko the walrus, and he asks Alexa to check the pool temperature. Alexa is, like, freaking out. She mm. jumps into the pool, and then he's like, check the thermometer. So... Henry then asks Alexa to get two fish from the bottom of the barrel. And like, she comes back with two fish. She's like, too warm, bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and she like jumps in head first, gets the fish. 
Oh, and then Jocko, like, won't take the fish. So he checks to see if he's breathing. And, like, (laughs) there's so much going on in this scene. Yeah. (laughs) Alexa starts freaking out. So Henry has to slap her with the fish. And he's like, I'm sorry I slapped you with the fish. You need to calm down. And she's like, yes, fish slap, calm me. (laughs) And Henry then says he's going to try to get Jocko to breathe manually. So he needs her face just right next to Jocko's to see if if he starts breathing. And he, like, presses down on Jocko. And at first, nothing's happening. So he does it harder. And (laughs) Jocko just projectile vomits all over Alexa. Oof. And she says, this is why I got into this business, to save sea animals. And Alexa leaves to shower, and then Henry high-fives Jocko. Turns out it was a prank, and he's like, oh, man, I thought you'd burp in her face, but the vomit was awesome. And they, like, dance around, and he's like, that's what she gets for eating my roast beef sandwich. Love this undercurrent of, like, Henry being able to communicate with animals somehow. Right. <laughs> we right. see it just like a mischievous vet, yeah. Eliza Thornberry ass over here. Yeah. When I was a kid, I always like assumed that Alexa was a woman because this character is played by a woman. Mm-hmm. But then obviously like there are various allusions to Alexa being gender non-conforming so i was like let me look it up and see what it says and on wikipedia alexa is described as henry's ambiguously gendered assistant so we don't really know where exactly we land i just am gonna assume that alexa is non-binary because we don't know fascinating i kind of just thought it was like a gag but well i know that the director said like yeah if i made this movie now like i would not have treated the character of alexa that like they were treated back then like i don't think that would fly now to make all these jokes about you know somebody being ambiguously gendered Mm -hmm. i feel like the vibe i got was just that she was a lesbian but then when they go to the uh bar later on and she like winks at this girl and then he asks about it later and she's like oh no i chickened out so like Alexa is into guys and ends up dating guy by the end of the movie. But um, yeah, I was wondering that too. I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. is Alexa like what's what is this constant reference to Alexa's like gender? Yeah, here and yeah, never never resolved. (laughs) No, they just are like, this is a fun gag. We'll throw that in there, I guess. But in any case, uh, Henry is then sailing his boat around Oahu, and he is writing in his captain's log in his head, saying that this is the longest voyage that his boat has ever taken, and he hopes that its successful completion will signal that she's ready for their trip to see the walruses in Alaska. But then one of his sails falls apart, and the ship's wheel goes right into the ocean, so... Clearly, this ship, which looks like a pirate ship, honestly, right. is not ready to go <laughs> to Alaska. It's a sailboat. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we go to the Hukilau Cafe. So when the server, Sue, hears he only had a Reese's peanut butter cup and Gatorade for breakfast, she's like, you're going to have some spam and eggs. And the chef, Nick, who is like this super big 
um, I think he's like Native Hawaiian guy. He has like tattoos, tattoos yeah. and tattoo on his face. And he's like, you want some peanut butter cups in your eggs? And he's like, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> so as he waits for his food, he notices a girl sitting across the restaurant in a booth, the one and only Drew Barrymore as Lucy Whitmore. And Henry is just immediately entranced. He watches as she gets her waffles and compliments his haircut. Like, she's clearly a regular, clearly a local. And Lucy starts cutting up her waffles in this specific way. And then building a little, like, teepee structure with the waffles. And including pouring a little bit of coffee into um, what looks like a syrup container and putting it underneath so it's smoking. (laughs) And Henry is just, like, in love. Mm-hmm. And the old man sitting next to Henry asks if he's staring at him or her because it's starting to freak him out. Yeah, we have this man just occasionally offer a little quip here and there at the Hooky Lao Cafe. Throughout the movie. Yeah. He's just, hey. Yeah. What's up? So later on, Henry is telling Alexa all about seeing this girl at the Hooky Lao Cafe. And he wanted to go up to her, but he was kind of off his game. And Alexa says... I thought you liked your beaches from out of state. (laughs) (laughs) Henry says, yeah, that's usually my MO. And Alexa says, it sounds like he's afraid of commitment and says, let me guess. Your high school sweetheart cheated on you with the whole wrestling team. And he says, no, it was actually my college girlfriend. And it was with her academic advisor who was an older woman. And then Alexa says, I hope you shot the stupid tramp. And... Henry's like, whoa, what the hell is going on with all the bitches and the tramp talk? Because <laughs> it's, you know, a little intense. And Alexa apologizes for nasty talk and says that they're grouchy because they haven't been laid recently. Alexa then presents Henry with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, offering to go into his office and get naked and says that they may not be as limber as they once were, but they make up for it with enthusiasm and willingness to experiment. I'm like, good for you. Know your strengths. <laughs> and Henry says, I don't know if you realize this, I'm not into guys. And Alexa looks like confused. So once again, we're just keeping it, keeping it fluid and open. Yeah. So we go to the Hukilao Cafe again. Henry decides to come back and he sits in the booth across from Lucy. He orders his spam and eggs and watches as Lucy tries to make a door for this like waffle bungalow she's crafted. And he grabs a toothpick, goes over to her and puts it through the waffle to create like a door hinge for the door to swing on. And Lucy is impressed They introduce themselves, and since he's sitting alone, she asks if he'd like to join her. So he sits down. Love and meet cute. So adorable. And she asks if he's an architect, and he explains that he's in fish. And she makes a joke about how that's where the smell is coming from. And he's like, oh, no, do I still smell like fish? And, like, rubs a lemon on his hands. And she's like, no, I, I love that smell. You know, my dad is a fisherman and he and my brother, Doug, go out to sea for months at a time. And I would miss them so much when they came home. They'd smell just like your hands, the best smell in the world. And it's such a sweet story. She's mm-hmm. like 
such a lovely person just right off the bat. So charming and warm mm-hmm. and sweet. Like Drew Barrymore, she just can't help herself. Yeah. She's just too dang sweet for her own good. It's definitely her her whole persona like in real life is just very kind, very generous. Mm-hmm. And Henry is like, my fingers are available for your sniffing pleasure whenever you need them. And she gives them like a little whiff. Yeah. So they just start chatting away for hours. Henry and Lucy are talking about the different animals that he looks after. And they're talking about walruses. And he says that walruses are known for having the second biggest male genitalia of all mammals. And she's like, oh, what's the first? And he says, I think it's tattoo face over there, gesturing to oh my God. Nick. <laughs> and... Lucy laughs and he says, I like your laugh. And she says, mm-hmm. I like you making me laugh. And like the butterflies are going, the sparks are flying. And then Sue comes over and is like, I hate to break this up, but we're setting up for lunch. So they take this as their cue to leave. And as they walk to their cars, Lucy is like, oh, shoot, I have to go. It's my dad's birthday. And every year we have a tradition. We go pick a pineapple. And Aww. Henry is, of course, very endeared by this, says that's really sweet, and they both agree that they had a good time. And then Lucy asks if he'd like to have breakfast again tomorrow, and he says yes. So they shake hands, they go off to their cars, and there's a van in between their cars, so they both start, like, doing a little happy dance, so excited about this, <laughs> you know, potential new flame And then the van between them leaves and they both catch each other doing the happy dance, which is so cute because they both get really embarrassed and try and play it off as they they go their separate ways. Adorable. So later on, Henry is golfing with Ula and his kids and this other guy who we like never meet again. No. And (laughs) Ula tells Henry that he met like a new potential conquest for him and even got her number. And Henry is like, you're pimping me out to like Taurus and says he's staying in this weekend and then goes to hit his golf ball, but it goes off the green and down to the beach. So he decides to go down to the beach, like looking for the golf ball. When he comes across Lucy, who found the golf ball and Henry, I know, isn't it fortuitous? (laughs) And Henry is just so excited to see her and says that he's been thinking about her all day and just can't wait to have breakfast with her tomorrow. And Lucy says the same. She just wants to eat him up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So she pushes him onto the sand and kisses him. Henry's like, oh, that feels so good. No, my nipples are too sensitive. Stop that. (laughs) And then like opens his eyes and he's – on his back, on the golf course. Turns out the ball ended up hitting the cart and like ricocheting back to hit him in the head and he passed out. (laughs) And Henry says he can't fall for a local. He is never going back to that diner. Henry, my man, you got to lean into your romantic tendencies. They're right there. Be a better man. Right? Just be better. Do better. Don't stand up Drew Barrymore. So... Henry does go on a date with the girl Ula set him up with. Um, Oh, my gosh. She's played by – what's her name? I've seen her in so many things. Missy Pyle. Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. 
and he's doing his normal con. He tells her that he's a professional cliff diver. And she's like, well, I'm a tax attorney and I never get to have any fun. I'd like to do something extra fun tonight. And then just downs her fishbowl. And she's like, woo, I think I'm getting kind of drunk. Are you getting kind of drunk? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and he's like, honestly, he, what he's thinking about is Lucy. And he tells her he's not drunk at all and neither is she because there's no alcohol in these drinks. Unfortunately, he's done this many times because it helps tourists like herself loosen up without impairing their ability to stay awake all night and have sex with him. Right. He also confesses that he's not a cliff diver either. And she's like, okay, well, since it's my last night in town, can I just pretend you didn't say any of that and have sex with you anyway? And he's like, sorry, babe, I can't do it. And she asks him to point her in the direction of someone who can. And Henry points over to Alexa, who's sitting at the bar. And this woman is like, isn't that a woman? And Henry says, honestly, I'm not sure, but you're too drunk to notice, right? And the woman is kind of like, yeah. So <laughs> off she goes. Yep. So the next morning, Henry goes to the Hukilao Cafe and Sue tries to get him to leave. And she's like, we're closed. Clearly not closed. Like mm -hmm. Nick is like, order up. And before she can like get him out of there lucy comes into the diner so henry goes over to her to join her and offers her a sniff of his fishy fingers oh god coming in strong with the fishy fingers mm -hmm. lucy is immediately uncomfortable she's confused and henry says he was petting a walrus all morning and thinking about her the whole time oh so god <laughs> lucy calls him a pervert and asks him to leave. And Henry is like, sorry, I was just joking around because of our conversation yesterday. And Lucy's like, I have never even met you and asked Nick to help her. So Sue drags Henry outside and tells him that Lucy was in a car accident a year ago. And she and her dad went to get his birthday pineapple when he swerved to avoid hitting a cow and they crashed into a tree. Her dad only broke some ribs, but Lucy had a head injury that cost her her short-term memory. Her whole life, up until the night of the accident, she remembers, but uh, she just can't retain any new information. And Henry is like, this sounds like something that he'd make up to get a psycho girl to stop calling. Is he the psycho girl? <laughs> and... Sue says she wishes she was making this up, but Lucy doesn't remember. Each morning, she wakes up thinking it's October 13th of last year, and she comes here for breakfast because that's what she did on Sundays. And her dad prints a special paper and puts it on their porch every night for her to read. She does the same thing every day. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned it, but Sue is played by Amy Hill, who is a fantastic actress with like an incredibly large filmography. You've seen her in like a million things. Yeah. Um, and I did like do a little bit of research just about memory loss and stuff, especially because I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy lately. Oh, that, that, um, <laughs> eh. Not true so I was fictional like, medical thing. So I was like, let me just kind of, you know, watch some videos about short-term memory and long-term memory and how it works. And 
basically like the consensus about this movie from a lot of psychiatrists is that it's not really accurate, obviously, to how memory loss works. But there are some real life examples of people who have had similar instances of anterograde amnesia. Um, So like in 2010, there was a woman who had like a similar kind of memory impairment after she was in a car crash. And she described her memory as being normal for the events on the same day with memories from the pursuit with memories from the previous day subsequently being lost each night. However, like they did some tests and it revealed some improvement in her recall for tasks she had unknowingly performed the previous day. So like Mm -hmm. some stuff was being stored. There was also in 2015, two people were discovered to have a form of anterograde amnesia that is kind of similar. One man in the UK, he wakes up every day thinking it is March 14th, 2005, because that's the day he underwent anesthesia for a dental procedure, which led to this condition as a rare, unexplained complication. Reading that made me never want to undergo amnesia. <laughs> I was like – Anesthesia? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anesthesia. Mm-hmm. I will never – I've never been under anesthesia, and I think it's honestly because my mom is also very paranoid about it because mm. I got my wisdom teeth out, but I was awake. Oh, my I God. I just got Novocaine. Oh, my God. I, I was so. like, knock me the fuck out because I did all four at once. Same. So Same. And anesthesia was covered with my insurance, and I was like, let's fucking do it, babes. So let's I go, did. <laughs> like, gas me up. So uh, I did. <laughs> I did do the anesthesia. I don't know – if this actually happened or if it was just like a dream while I was under, but I'm pretty sure I woke up during, like I have a very brief fuzzy memory of waking up during my wisdom teeth extraction. And then they were like, Oh, she's coming up. Like we need to adjust, you know, her anesthesia. I know that like, there's that gene that redheads have where like they like, wake up a lot faster under under anesthesia and obviously not a redhead but I was like do I have some sort of gene maybe because mm-hmm. that was my only time being under but yeah this guy just went in for a dental procedure and then all of a sudden he has this form of amnesia and he doesn't forget facts every day it's every 90 minutes his memory resets um, Holy smokes. And, and then the other one from 2015 was a woman who believes every day is October 15th, 2014, because she was visiting a hospital for a kickboxing injury when she slipped and hit her head on a metal pole. Wow. So there you go. That's uh, that's some behind the scenes info on interrograde amnesia. So if you ever feel like having a spiral, do some research on that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I kind of figured that this wasn't a real thing, but mm. people having short-term memory losses is, is a real thing. Yeah. But what was I going to say? Yeah. Can't say I'm too keen on going under anesthesia. Yeah. An- anesthesia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so later that day, Lucy gets home to find that her dad already has a pineapple And he's like, oh, yeah, the lady at the farmer's market gave it to me as a birthday present. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And Lucy says, well, I think she likes you, but, you know, what about our tradition? And Marlon's like, well, I had another idea instead and tells her that today on a whim, he painted his whole workshop bright white and it was a terrible idea. It hurts his eyes. So 
maybe she can help him out. And he shows her all these paints and tells her to go nuts, you know, paint something beautiful for his birthday. So she's very excited. She gives him a hug and asks him to promise that they can at least pick a pineapple at Thanksgiving. And Marlon is like, of course, Lucy. Aw, so sad. So at Lucy's house, Marlon, Lucy's dad, goes into the kitchen where his son Doug, played by Sean Astin. Oh, my exclamation God. Exclamation point. Who is that? Where do you know him from? He's Sam from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, my gosh. Did you watch Stranger Things? No. No, <laughs> he's in that too. Um, wow. Did you ever watch Goonies? Yes. Yes, I did. He's in that. Oh, is he the main guy in Goonies? I don't know. I've never I've never seen Goonies. <laughs> oh no, you've never seen no. Goonies. We have to do uh He was also in he was in Encino Man, which I've also not seen. Okay. We we have to do well, you have to watch Goonies yeah. for sure. But also the guy from Everything Everywhere All at yes. Once who won the Oscar was in Goonies and he's like a great yeah. um actor. And, and Encino Man. Wow. It's all connected. Wow. <laughs> It's all integrated back into history. There we go. Yeah. I'll watch Goonies. You'll watch Lord of the Rings. And then we'll meet back up. That's <laughs> not a fair trade. That's like a six-hour endeavor okay, versus I'll like watch, a 90-minute movie. I'll watch Goonies and Encino Man back to back while you watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, doable. Maybe we should have a Lord of the Rings party when you're here in September. Yeah, I mean, my um, my roommate and my boyfriend both loved Lord of the Rings, and like they talk about it, and I sit there like, yeah. uh, um, I have seen them all. <laughs> I just am not like you know, not super into Lord of the Rings, but right, I like literally watch them for a man. So I mean, if that tells you anything, <sighs> Matt, no, ah, uh, damn it, it was someone else before that with beep, beep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, can continue on, continue on. <laughs> so Marlon grabs the hidden tape of a Vikings game to put on. And later on when Lucy comes in, she's like, oh, what's the score? And they're like, oh, it's da-da-da at the this yard line. And Lucy's like, oh, I wonder what will happen. Like maybe he'll pass it off to this player. And Doug is like, no, they're going to make it to like the 50 yard. And then they're going to do a <laughs> turn around the gate and pass it off to the who's and what and da, da, da. And she's like, I bet you, you have to do the dishes if I win. Of course, Doug wins because he's seen it over 300 times. Yep. And <laughs> Lucy's like, Oh darn it. And Marlon like chucks his shoe at Doug and calls him a moron. Also, if you've only seen Sean Astin in Lord of the Rings, he looks wildly different in this movie because he's like a juiced up gym rat. Yeah. In this. Yeah. So they then go into the kitchen. It's time for the cake. And Lucy and Doug present Marlon with cake his- Cake looks delish. Yeah. Pineapple upside down cake. And as soon as I yeah. saw that, I was like, I need to make a pineapple upside down cake immediately. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm like, let me get my cake tins out. Pineapple <laughs> mm -hmm. upside down cake. Yeah. The perfect summer treat. And she says, you don't look a day over 25. And Marlon is like, haha, yeah, right. And Doug's muscles aren't pharmaceutically enhanced. And he's like, I use an herb supplement that can be purchased at any health food store, okay? <laughs> so Lucy then gives Marlon his present. It is a copy of The Sixth Sense. And she's like, oh my gosh, after I do the dishes, do you guys want to watch it tonight? And they're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. 
They go into the living room and watch The Sixth Sense, and Lucy is extremely invested in the movie. Meanwhile, Marlon and Doug are bored out of their minds. They wish they were doing anything else. Lucy is shocked by the twist and afterwards gives them both a hug goodnight before heading to her room. Then we get into Martin and Doug's nightly routine where they have to reset everything for Lucy tomorrow. So they throw out the leftover cake. They rewrap Lucy's birthday present for Marlon. Yeah. Uh, Doug grabs a new pineapple from their locked freezer outside. Marlon presets the morning paper and washes her outfit for tomorrow. They also like refill her shampoo bottle. So it's like all in the details. I know. I was like, damn. And then they also take pictures of the beautiful murals that she's painted in Marlon's workshop before they paint over it white again. So Henry tells Ula about Lucy's situation and that her doctors say her memory may never come back. And Ula's like, oh, she's the perfect girl for you. You can hang out with her every day and no attachment because her plane leaves every night. And Henry says it's evil, but Ula says it would be healthy with him because he hasn't connected with a girl in years and he'd be doing exactly what her dad does, just giving her a wonderful day. And I was like, throughout this whole movie, did he just like retire or quit his job when this happened? Or like, what is... How can they all pretend it's Sunday, you know? Yeah, I do wonder how they, like – because obviously Lucy can't work anymore, so she doesn't have an income anymore. Right. Maybe she's on disability. Yeah, maybe. But that wouldn't be enough to, like, sustain the whole – The whole household, yeah. Household, yeah. So I wonder what what they do for money now. I don't know. They never talk about it, so – yeah. Ula says when it's time for his big boat trip, he can just leave and she won't know. So Henry brushes him off and like writes in his captain's log about how his boat has recovered from the mishap and is once again ready to brave the open ocean. Cut to Ula falling through the floor of the boat. So So not quite. Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this pirate ship shan't be sailing to Alaska. This boat is not taking a trip to Alaska. I'm like, that's so far. Although I guess from Hawaii, how far is Alaska? Alaska is like by the northern parts of Canada. But it's big, right? Yeah, but isn't isn't Hawaii on is on the east side or the west side of It's on the west. It's on the west. Then maybe it might not be as bad. Let me let me take a look at a map real quick, real quick. So that's Alaska. Holy shit. Where's Hawaii? It's far. Okay. So it's far. Actually, I wish I could do like a boat mode in Google Maps, but it it's a straight shot north. It says essentially. on cruisersforum.com, 19 days approximately. To take a boat? Yeah, to sail. Okay. That's not that bad. You know. About three weeks. Yeah. In any case, we go back to the Hukilau Cafe, and Henry stops by hoping to say hi to Lucy, but Nick threatens him with a meat cleaver. Nick is like, you know what? Lucy probably wouldn't even want to talk to you anyways. And I love this line. I love Nick for this line specifically. He says, Mm -hmm. this isn't a disco. She doesn't want guys hitting on her while she has her breakfast. And I'm like, exactly. Somebody gets it. That is true. Yeah. Henry says that she does if it's him, 
and bets Nick $20 that he can get her to have breakfast with him again, and they shake on it. So Henry sits at the bar and notices Lucy once again making a little house out of her waffles, and he tries to do, like, the toothpick thing again, except this time Lucy is not charmed by it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you from a country where it's okay to stick your fingers all over someone else's food? And he's like, no, I'm from this country. I'm sorry. Um. (laughs) He starts walking away, and the old man at the bar tells Henry that was pathetic, and on his way out, Henry tells Nick, double or nothing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we see Henry's attempts. Henry tries drawing a picture of like a father and son on a fishing boat on a napkin and asks Lucy's opinion. And she like pretends not to speak English. Then he fake cries at the bar and like puts water all over his face to look like tears. So Lucy goes up to him and is like, He's making a huge scene, by the way. He's, like, yeah. moaning and sobbing. sobbing. But Lucy comes up to him and asks if he's all right. And he's like, I can't read. And Lucy tries to help him, like, sound out the words. And he cries about how stupid he is. And Lucy actually ends up suggesting he go sit with her and have some breakfast. And she'll, like, help teach him some of the words. So Henry flashes a smile at Nick and goes to join Lucy. Yeah. During this montage, also, the No Doubt song underneath it all is playing. Love that song. Yeah, it's really good. And I did notice this time in watching it that a lot of the music in this movie are like covers of 80s songs, which in my mind is like a reference to The Wedding Singer, which was set in the 80s. But then Mm. these all have like a sort of – I don't know what like the, a reggae, like a reggae vibe. yeah vibe to the yeah. covers, which I thought was cool. I was reading about the soundtrack and it was actually like did pretty well. Like it was on the Billboard 200, and I think it reached number one for like soundtrack releases. Mm. Um, and it is like a reggae like vibe type of thing. I'm sure, like no doubt, is ska, but it's in the same like vein. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's in Hawaii. Reggae. Yeah. Let's get some drums on this thing. (laughs) So later on, Henry asks Lucy how she got so good at teaching, and she says she is a teacher. She's an art teacher at the Halukiliki Junior High. And he says, well, you, Halukiliki, the teacher that all the kids have crushes on, (laughs) and says that he would if he was in her class. Lucy smiles and then Henry like sniffs his fingers and is like, oh, sorry, like they smell like fish. Hope that doesn't bother you. And she's like, no, not at all. So things are working. Things are vibing. Then Henry walks Lucy to her car and says that he had a nice time and thanks her for all her help. And then Lucy is looking at him expectantly, you know, waiting. And Henry's just like, Okay, I'll see you around. And as he walks away, she's like, that's it? Like all that flirting and the pretending to not be able to read and now you're not even going to ask for my number? Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I can't read. And she's like, oh, come on. Like that was one of the goofiest things I've ever seen. But I thought, hey, if this guy is so desperate to meet me, he might be worth talking to. And then I get stiffed. And he, like, tries to explain, and she just says, mahalo for the ego boost, and starts driving off. Henry's like, okay, I can read just a little, but, like, I didn't know that I came before E. That one I swear I didn't know. And he gets in his car (laughs) to, like, drive after her. 
And Sue calls Nick a moron and then calls Marlon to let him know what happened. So Henry knocks on the door of the Whitmore house and Marlon drags him outside and Henry says he just wants to apologize to Lucy. And then Doug sees him and realizes Henry is the guy Sue called about and comes over. And Marlon tells Henry to stay away from his daughter. And Henry's like, I will. You know, he just thinks he hurt her feelings and he doesn't want it to end like that. And Doug is like, it's going to end like this and lunges at Henry. Henry takes him down immediately. Mm. And Doug says he and Marlon work too hard to protect Lucy to let some idiot come in and ruin it all. But I'm like... It would only be ruined for a day. Right. <laughs> like she would forget And, like, tomorrow. she's just never going to have, like, love or new memories. Yeah. It's a very nuanced situation. Yeah. But Henry says he respects everything they do. And Marlon says if he knows Lucy's condition, then he knows she can't have a normal relationship. And any guy who's okay with that isn't okay with him. And Henry explains he's not looking for a one-night stand and Doug says anything with Lucy is a one-night stand. And Marlon tells him to stay away from the Hukilau Cafe. Like, Lucy has been through enough. Yeah. Like, I, I do like that Henry is like, I understand. Like, I respect it. I just want to, like, apologize to her because I hurt her feelings. I thought that was, like, a nice touch rather than him being like, come on. Like, I really want to date. Obviously, he does want to date her. But he is ultimately there just to, like, apologize for hurting her because that wasn't his intention. Mm-hmm. So we then go to Ocean Park where Henry works. He is brushing a walrus's teeth and asks Alexa if they ended up hooking up with that tax attorney the other night. And Alexa says, no, I chickened out. I prefer sausage to taco. (laughs) And Henry asks Alexa what they would do if they made a promise to a girl's dad that they wouldn't see his daughter anymore. And Alexa says, yeah, that is a binding promise, but there's always ways around things like this. You know, if I had made a promise to a girl's father that I wouldn't see her, I would simply close my eyes while she serviced my manhood. Jesus. And Henry's like, you got an interesting perspective. I never thought about it like that. So looking for the loopholes, this one is. Absolutely. So Henry devises a plan and... Since he agreed to stay away from the Hukilau Cafe, he's decided to run into Lucy on her drive home. Lucy comes across Henry and his truck by the side of the road. He asks her for like a jump and pretends to get electrocuted by one of the wires. And obviously like she's fucking freaked out. They both scream and he laughs at her. He's like, I can't believe you fell for that. And Lucy is like on the verge of tears and says that her grandfather died trying to jumpstart a car. And he's like, oh, oh my God, like I'm so sorry. And she's like, I can't believe you fell for that. Cute. And they laugh and introduce themselves very adorable. I really love, like, Lucy as a character. Because not only is she, like, obviously very caring and sweet and endearing, but she has yeah. a great sense of humor. So I love Definitely. all these little moments. So we then get a bunch of Henry's, you know, attempts to run into Lucy, meet up with her. Ladies, a man will never spend every single morning of his life setting up elaborate roadblocks for the two of you to meet. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. And honestly, he probably shouldn't. But <laughs> he puts up all these roadblocks and pretends that there's like a short delay so he can chat with her. 
We also see one day he gets his pet penguin, Willie, to stand in the middle of the road so Lucy will stop. But she ends up, like, bending down to pick up some CDs that she dropped on the floor of her car and drives right over Willie. Thankfully not smushing this teeny tiny little penguin, but alas, that attempt was a failure. Mm -hmm. He then gets Ula to pretend to mug him on the side of the road. Little did he know that Lucy is a fucking bold woman because she gets out of that yes. car with her metal baseball bat and she's ready. Just beating the shit out of Ula. Like the the foley work on this one is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like she could literally you could kill someone with a metal baseball bat easily. Like one yeah. blow to the head and he's done. It's horrible. But she then comes over and she's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, my name's Lucy. I'm part of, like, a neighborhood watch program. So nice to meet you. And then Ula's running away. And he's <laughs> like, you crazy bitch. And she's like, yeah, keep running. And then he's like, hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's last attempt is then to pretend that he has been kidnapped and tied up in the bed of his truck. But instead, the car that drives up isn't Lucy. It's Marlon and Doug. And Marlon is like, hey, once you're done pulling this kidnapping shtick on my daughter, come by the house. Yeah. So at the Whitmore house, Marlon brings Henry over to his workshop. We see Lucy. She's painting. She's singing. She's singing Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. And Marlon tells him that um, it was his and his late wife's song. And Lucy used to make him take the Beach Boys tape on every fishing trip so he'd miss her mom and come home sooner. And Lucy only sings on days when she meets Henry. Mm. But I was like kind of confused because did they meet that day? I thought that he like did a gag, but instead of Lucy coming by. Yeah, he's like once you once you're done doing this to, on my daughter so like he stays oh, and then my after lucy gets home then he goes to the house okay yeah gotcha so marlon asks henry what he gets out of this relationship and he says he doesn't know you know who wouldn't want to spend an hour a day with her and then henry asks what's going to happen when lucy wakes up to see her face is aged 10 years overnight and marlon says like i worry about that every day of my life and I really love her father in this mm -hmm, movie because he too. just cares about her so immensely. He has genuinely dedicated his life to like making sure that she is okay. And mm -hmm. like, um, I really love that relationship that they create between him and her and even Doug. He like very much cares about her as well. Yeah. And like he has such a like a crotchety kind of like crusty exterior, but is such a sweetheart and, like, cares so much about his family. Yeah. So we go back to the Hukilau Cafe, and Henry goes over to Lucy and asks if he could sit with her since they're both eating alone. But Lucy's like, oh, I'm, like, so flattered, but I have a boyfriend. Sorry. Al. Yeah. And Henry is like, wow, you're making up a boyfriend just so you can get rid of me? And she's like, no, I'm not. He's real. His name is... Ringo and Henry's like oh mm -hmm. is his last name star and she says no McCartney <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I think there's actually like a Ringo star and a Paul McCartney song on this soundtrack too oh I don't know yeah there's the Paul and Linda McCartney song another day there may not be a Ringo star song I may have made that up in my mind but in any case 
Lucy then notices outside a cop is writing her a ticket. So she runs over to say that the tags on her car don't expire for six more months. And he's like, no, they're expired. And she's like, no, no, they expire May of next year. It's October. She then grabs the morning paper from the guy standing next to her to, like, prove what the date is. But she sees the real date. Mm -hmm. She then rushes over to look at all the other newspapers. And they do, in fact, show the real date. And she just, like, races into her car to drive home. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, what that would feel like. To, like, have your whole shit rocked and be mm-hmm. like, it's nothing is as it seems. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. So, at home, Marlon sees Lucy furiously pull into the driveway and calls out to Doug. He's like, it's a bad day. So, they've been through this before. Mm-hmm. He has to show Lucy all the fake newspapers he printed out, has to explain the truth. Lucy is in shock. She's devastated. She runs out onto the pier and, like, screams and cries. And Marlon brings this, like, binder type of thing of all these pictures from the accident when she was in the hospital in the newspaper clippings, get well soon cards from her students, her medical chart. Lucy touches her head and she's like, I can feel the scar And she asks to speak with the doctor to hear it from him. But Marlon says, like, she has many times. So Henry offers to take her. He says, you know, I need to hear it for myself, too. So they drive to see the doctor. And while they're in the car, she hands off the book to Doug. She's like, I I can't look at this anymore. And Henry calls Lucy loose and tells her it'll be okay. And she's like... Like, don't call me that. I don't even know you. But her dad has to be like, actually, honey, he's kind of your boyfriend. So I think he then is like, sorry, I'm not better looking. Uh-uh. <laughs> she then asks Henry if they have sex. And he says, no, no. Um, but we want to. Very much. And she's like, oh, I. Wow. Like, how do you cope with that? It's yeah. so tenuous. Yeah. And she says she can't believe that they have to lie to her every day. They arrive at the office. It's kind of like an institute for people with memory loss. And the guy at the front desk, he's like a security guard. He says hello. Lucy obviously doesn't remember him. (laughs) And that also like shakes her. So they meet with Dr. Keats, played by Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And he looks at her brain scan. Her temporal lobe was severely damaged, and the scar tissue is impairing her ability to convert short-term memory to long-term memory while she sleeps. They call it the Goldfield Syndrome after the doctor who invented it. He also suffered from uh, temporal lobe damage. So Doug asks the doctor (laughs) weird, like, fucking extra shit. Doug asks the doctor about a friend who has been experimenting with steroids and having a lot of wet dreams. And Dr. Keats is like, Doug, get off the juice, go for a swim, buy a shirt without holes in it, find yourself a beautiful Wahini woman and take her to dinner. And that's a Maori or a Polynesian woman. Mm -hmm. He has a whole other fucking issue going. The doctor tells Lucy that her condition is stable, but most likely permanent, and Dr. Keats tells her it could be worse, and Lucy's like, how? She's, like, devastated. So Dr. Keats is like, come on, I'm going to introduce you to someone. 
Yeah, so she does go to meet Ten Second Tom. Uh, he's played by another guy who is in all of Adam Sandler's movies. He has so many friends. Alan Covert. Covert. He's been in tons of stuff. Um, also, I'm pretty sure the guy who plays the security guard also has been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I know he's in fifty. He's in um, the Wedding Singer as well. But basically, they meet up with Ten Second Tom. Mm-hmm. He was in a hunting accident, and his memory resets every ten seconds. So he yeah. meets everybody and introduces himself, and then you know the slate gets wiped clean. And then Henry tells him about Doug's wet dreams, <laughs> and. Tom is like, oh, aren't you a little old for that? But then, you know, his memory promptly resets. So so that night, everyone gets home and Lucy says she's going to sleep. Like, I guess I'll see you tomorrow too. And she actually thanks Henry for being so nice to her today and says that she doesn't want him to strike out tomorrow. So maybe he could talk to her about lilies. She is a sucker for lilies and he thanks her for the tip. So cute. And he says good night. It's adorable. Yeah. She's like, I want to hang out with you again. I want to see you again. Yeah. So Mr. Whitmore tells Henry that he doesn't have to rush out. You know, he's earned himself a couple beers. Drinking a beer with dad. Yeah, just a couple brewskis with uh, the potential father with the in-law. old man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Marlon asks Henry about what his plans are once he fixes his boat and – Henry tells him that he's planning to go on this trip to study undersea Pacific walrus behaviors, which is very cool. And Doug says, <laughs> Doug then says, sounds kind of fruity. And Marlon's like, ignore my fucking idiot son. Anyways, how long are you <laughs> going to be gone? <laughs> and Henry says he'd be gone for about a year and a half. And Doug says, well, while he's on his trip, he won't miss days like these. But Henry suggests that days like this, maybe they don't have to be so bad. When Lucy finds out, she's not only finding out about the injury, but also that her whole life is a lie. Like, that's a double whammy. Right. And Doug gets really defensive about this and threatens to beat him up. But Marlon is like, oh, yeah, who's going to be doing the beating, Doug? You? (laughs) And Henry says he'll just head out, but Marlon tells him not to go. But Henry says goodnight, tells Doug to keep those sheets dry. And uh, on his way to the car, he actually takes the binder of, like, you know, the the photo album of all the stuff about Lucy's accident. So he's a man with a plan. Yes. He has a little something up his sleeve. Is it good or bad? Who knows? So in the morning, Henry approaches Lucy at the diner at the first thing. He gives her a beautiful bouquet of lilies and says he has a gift from a secret admirer as well. So Mr. Whitmore comes out and asks Lucy who her friend is. And she says she doesn't know. And he notices the videotape and asks what it is. And she's like, you know, I don't know. I have to play it to find out and leave. So Mr. Whitmore asks Henry what the hell he's doing. And Henry says, look, I just wanted to try something different. If it doesn't work, then it won't matter tomorrow. So Lucy plays the videotape. It is from Henry, and it's like, hey, Lucy, it's going to be okay, but there are some things that you missed this year. And we see kind of like a highlight reel of the past year. So Martha Stewart getting arrested, Snoop off weed, Snoop on weed, Queer Eye, the Red Sox win the World Series. Just kidding. That would never happen. Uh 
Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is elected governor. Not kidding. We see Doug getting disqualified from Mr. Hawaii for steroid use. And then the video says, you don't remember this because... And then we see an image from the newspaper clipping about the car crash. And Mm -hmm. Lucy is shocked as she just, like, takes in all this information. Then we see Henry, and he explains, like who he is, that they like each other very much, and then reenacts their first meeting with Ula, who is wearing a mop wig and, like, a coconut bra. And he tells Lucy that he knows she wishes he were just making this up, and he does too, but there are a lot of people out there who care about her. And we see, oh, this part is so sweet. We see Sue from the diner talking about how her and her mother were best friends, and that's why she promised that she would always look out for her. Sometimes life isn't very fair, but we still have you. Mm-hmm. And she says, and this guy making the video, he's he's okay. Nick from the diner also tells Lucy he became governor of Hawaii. Just kidding. I'm too smart. <laughs> we see Ula's kids run around the diner. In the video, and Henry says when she's ready, they'd all love to talk to her and answer any questions she may have. And he tells her that she's the best. It is really so sweet and thoughtful, and I love that we get this layer to Henry's personality. Because obviously they set him up at the beginning to be, like, you know, non-committal womanizer or whatever. But honestly, even with, like, the women that, like, the tourists that he's wooing, he's still showing them, like, an incredible time and, like sharing intimate moments with them it's like the long-term commitment that he has the issue with so that part of his personality was already there he just wasn't really able to to fully dive in and i love getting to see how thoughtful he is yeah absolutely it's interesting how quickly he kind of turned around from that like womanizer one night stand Mm -hmm. guy and just like after he meets her he can't live without her, which I appreciate because I hate when it goes back from like, you know, womanizer, oh, I'm in love, and then goes back, and then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I really, I can't do it. It kind of just stops with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it wasn't a question of his commitment to her. Yeah. It was more of just like this illness that she's dealing with. So, yeah. Lucy then asks how many times she's seen this video, and they tell her that this is actually the first time. Yes. So later on, Lucy looks out on the pier and Henry tells Mr. Whitmore she cried for about an hour. In another hour, she'll be ready to see her friends, have lunch, get her life back. And Mr. Whitmore says, you know, we'll leave it up to her. So Lucy walks over to them. She asks about the cow and (laughs) Henry makes a joke. He's like, she's the same as you. Every morning they have to convince her she's a cow. (laughs) So they go to the side of the tree she hit and Lucy sees the bark. And I thought this was just like a beautiful line. She's like, it's healing. And he tells her she's going to get there. They're so good together. Mm -hmm. And I bet it's because they have such like a close connection, friendship. But it's – I love seeing them together in movies. They're truly professional soulmates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? So Henry looks at her during this beautiful golden hour light and tells her she looks disgusting. Mm. And Lucy says she doesn't know how he gets her to fall for that egg-shaped head every morning. And Henry makes a joke about sliding on designer jeans and just like wiggling in front of her. 
and Lucy wishes she could have met him before the accident. But he assures her that if she did, she'd realize he's a bore. And she's like, well, now it takes me less than one day to figure that out. And Henry's like, you're dead. And they start like chasing um, or she's like running. He's chasing her and it's gorgeous. Yeah, just like a beautiful sunset in this field. It's stunning. I also never really thought about how much Adam Sandler's head is shaped like an egg until it was pointed out to me in this movie. And I was like, damn, it really is. Yeah. So we then go to this beautiful party on the beach. We see uh, Ula is performing a dance during this luau. And Lucy meets up with her friend Stacy, played by Maya Rudolph, who is pregnant. She sees her friend Tammy. She's like, oh, my God, you're so thin. And I'm so glad you finally got that gender reassignment surgery, Jennifer. I mean, Jonathan. And Henry then comes over and, you know, meets the whole group. And Mm -hmm. Lucy actually introduces Henry as her boyfriend. Yeah. And Stacy is like, wow, so you, like, help her realize what she went through every morning and then just patiently wait for her to be okay with it and then make her fall in love with you again? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. And then Stacy slaps her man and is like, you don't even open the car door for me anymore, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Such a good little cameo. Love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that the luau scene was so nice to yeah. just like have her reconnect. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only that they've like relived the day over and over again, but it's like she doesn't get to see her friends or yeah. see anyone's like life progress. Um, so it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Then that night, Lucy asks Henry to tell her more about himself. And he tells her he's one over seven, all you can eat chicken wing contests. He is a ballet dancer, but only in his bathroom. And he's like, you know, whatever you want to know. And she's holding the camcorder because she wants to like get it on film for later mm-hmm. and Lucy asks if he loves her you know just to keep the video up to date <laughs> and he tells her well love is a very loaded word let's see I go to this restaurant every morning and I see you there reading and I love you very much probably more than anyone could love another person mm. beautiful And Lucy asks how she's feeling about him, and he tells her she's excited about the chicken wing thing, and she's been dying to make out with him for quite some time. So they end up making out, and he asks if she's feeling better, and she tells him nothing beats the first kiss. Yeah, we then have this montage of all of Henry and Lucy's days together. We see them on this platform by a lighthouse. They have their kiss, and she says, nothing beats a first kiss. We also see that in a field where she again says, nothing beats a first kiss. And then on the beach, they share another kiss, and we see Alexa standing in the water saying, nothing beats a first kiss before they are engulfed in the waves. Mm -hmm. We then go to the aquarium where they have yet another first kiss, and he actually starts, you know, getting a little handsy and she's like oh my god you're trying to cop a feel and he's like all right maybe i was but this is our like 23rd time making out you know 
getting a little blue and she's like, I know, but you know, for me, it still feels like the first time. And he's like, well, if you average it out between my 23 and your one, that makes it about <laughs> like 12 times. And according to Hawaiian law, I'm entitled to unlimited boob access. Ha ha ha. And Lucy says she wishes she could have met him one day before the accident. And uh-huh. I think he then says, yeah, you say that a lot. And then invites Lucy to meet a friend of his. Yes. So he takes her to meet Jocko the walrus. And Jocko reaches up a fin to shake Lucy's hand. And she's like, oh, he's so smart. I love this walrus. I think he's the cutest. Mm-hmm. And Henry asks Jocko what the teapot does when the water is ready, and he whistles for him. And then Lucy decides to ask if it's time for her and Henry to take their relationship to the next level. And Henry instructs Jocko, like he's moving his hand up and down, to nod. And then she asks Jocko if she should take Henry into the other room and take advantage of him. And he, again, gets Jocko to nod. And Lucy's like, I saw that hand gesture, and I'm glad you did it. Oh, so they go into Henry's office, which it's implied that he lives there. Yeah, there's a bed because he has. Yeah, like he has a pillow and a blanket on the couch in his office and we never see his place. But they go into his office slash home and they start making out. There are some dolphins looking through the window, nodding in approval. And he waves them off while they go and make out on the couch. But then who is swimming in the dolphin habitat but Ula, who is now watching them? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Ruining every scene he's in. Just having to come in, be a menace, ruin everything. Mm -hmm. So later that night, Lucy and Henry sit by the pool where, like, the dolphins are, and he sings her a little song about how they met at the Hukila Diner. And liked each other right away. And then he would trick her into chatting. His favorite time was when she hit Ula with a bat. And he professes his love for her, even though she wishes that he had Jocko the walrus schlong. And, like, aside from that line, it is a very cute song. He does his little Adam Sandler endearing funny music shit. And... The refrain is like forgetful Lucy. He's like, how about another first kiss? Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that I love, it is Adam Sandler serenading Drew Barrymore on a stringed instrument. Uh, On a plane. (laughs) On a boat. On a water. Still canoe. Yeah. Yeah. It's so adorable. Once again, it's when Adam Sandler like sings a heartfelt song that I'm like, I understand why you are a romantic hero right now. Like, I'm seeing the vision. Everything is aligning for me. It's just, like, so gentle and sweet. And, like, the the ending line of how about another first kiss mm-hmm. gets me. Gets me every time. So that night, Henry and Lucy are laying in her bed, almost falling asleep. And he's like, oh, you're falling asleep. I better go downstairs. But she's like, no, no, I'm just resting. And I'm like, damn, I do that all the time to Matt when we're on the phone. <laughs> he's oh my like, God, you're falling asleep. Turn off your light. And I'm like, no, I'm not. My eyes are fully closed. I'm about to be yeah. dead in 30 seconds. Yeah. I love being like, I'm not asleep. Let me lay here. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I'm, I'm just immediately asleep. Yeah. All the lights are on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucked. My eye, my contacts are in my eyes. My makeup is still on. Yeah. It's like I'm just resting, just resting my eyes. I'm so awake. 30 seconds, I'm gone. Yeah. But they're laying there, and he then asks Lucy to marry him. Oh, my God. And she opens her eyes, and she says, of course. And he's like, don't forget about me, Lucy. Don't forget about me. And she says, Uh, never. Uh, So much pain. It's so hard to see. And in the morning, Henry is so hopeful, and he's like, good morning, Lucy. But she's forgotten him, and she's obviously freaked out there's yeah. a man in her bed. Yeah. He tries to convince her that she knows him, and Henry's like, you're an art teacher. Like, I know you go to the Hukilao Cafe every Sunday. You make a waffle into a house, and you like Casablanca lilies, but she's like, you're a stalker, and hits him hard with a lacrosse stick. He, like, passes out on the floor. Yeah. So – Downstairs later on, we see that Dr. Keats has come over to check out Lucy. He says she's okay, and she's watching the video now. And he looks at Henry's head and asks if his head was shaped like an egg before it got hit. (laughs) And Doug threatens to hurt him for making fun of Henry. And Dr. Keats is like, Henry, that's the words talking, and tells Doug to lay off the juice. So Dr. Keats asks Henry about his trip to Alaska, which he heard about from Marlin. And Henry is like, oh, uh, that began 10 years ago. I started, like, planning and building my boat. And then Doug asked Henry if he told Lucy about the trip. And he's like, no, no, like, the trip is next because Lucy is, like, making progress. I really think deep down she's beginning to remember who I am. And Dr. Keats is like, I know you want to believe that, but she can't remember. And it's never going to happen. So Henry... I feel like he's like a gut punch moment from him saying that. And he excuses himself to go to work and asks them to tell Lucy he'll be back later to pick her up. So Mr. Whitmore says that he could go to the moon and back and Lucy wouldn't know he left. And Dr. Keats says sometimes he wishes his wife had Goldfield syndrome. That way she wouldn't remember when he called her mother a loud, obnoxious drunk with a face like J. Edgar Hoover's ass. So, yeah, (laughs) I love the high, low comedy that Mm. Adam Sandler puts in his films. So refreshing. We had this like really heartfelt, sweet moment. Here's a ridiculous joke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was like a lot of the the reviews that I read because this movie didn't get like great reviews. It wasn't like horrible, but I think it has like a 40 or 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that checks out. And a lot of the reviews were like yeah there are so many like sweet heartfelt great moments and then this like crude crass gross humor like why'd they have to put it in there and i'm like honestly by 2000 standard this is pretty tame for how crude and crass the humor can get i just i don't think we were quite there yet but yeah and also when um oh Earlier, when they're at the party with all of Lucy's friends and she's, like, catching up with them, mm-hmm. her friend that is trans, like, there's actually no jokes made about it. I guess maybe the joke is just that they are trans, but, like, there's no negative connotation to it. 
Yeah. So I was like, that's pretty progressive. For sure. So I was surprised by that. It is a very tame Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, definitely. He only really like yells, does that classic Adam Sandler yell. Yeah. Like twice. Which I think is, is pretty pretty low on the yell scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Henry goes to work at the aquarium and that's when Lucy comes by and she shows Henry this journal. She writes in it every night and Henry's surprised and is like, oh, do you not like the video? And she's like, no, I do. It's just when I watch it, I feel like I'm being told about my life from somebody else. But when I read my journal, it's like I'm telling myself. And she started it after she saw the video for the first time. Lucy says she was nervous to come here and meet the guy who makes her fall in love with him every day. And Henry says she was probably worried he wouldn't live up to the hype. But Lucy says she was nervous because she has to break up with him. Ouch. She says that he used to have plans and a life and now all he has time for is her. And she sees what it's done to her father and her brother and she doesn't want to do that to him. So her plan is to erase him completely. So it's as if he never existed. Mm -hmm. Henry is shocked and asks why she's doing this. And Lucy says that he has to understand that there's no future with her. You know, doesn't he want a career and marriage and children? And he says, yeah, I asked you to marry me last night and you said yes. And kids, yeah, let's do it. I'd love to have him with you. And she asks, like, how that would even work. She would wake up in the morning with, like, a ginormous belly and have no memory of how it happened. And she says that she has to make a new journal that doesn't have him in it. But before she does, she wants him to read what she wrote about him. And he says he will read about it tomorrow when she forgets all about this breaking up stuff. But Lucy says she won't. She already wrote it down. And she's going to do it whether he helps her or not. Yeah. So that night, Henry comes over and he redoes Lucy's journal on the computer, taking out like all of the passages about him. They come across a note about him. One of them says, like, makes funny noises when I kiss his neck. And Henry asks if she wants that in there, but Lucy rips out the page and says they're going to skip it. Another page reads, we made love tonight. It didn't last long, but it was incredible. And he's like, well, let's rip that page out. (laughs) And Lucy does get emotional. We see them print the new version of the journal. And then in the garage, they burn the old pages. Burn them? Yeah. Like... He can't even keep them. I guess maybe you wouldn't want to, but like. So sad. Yeah. So Lucy and Henry watch the pages burn and he says, that's that and turns to leave. Lucy asks him to wait and asks for one last kiss and she runs to him and they kiss passionately. In the rain. Oh my God. Right. And Henry kind of like has to disengage and gets into his truck and drives off. So sad. So we then see this montage of Lucy painting in her dad's workshop. We see Henry working at the aquarium, just reliving all of their memories together. He works on his boat. It's a new day. Lucy is painting in the workshop once again. Henry like shows up at the Whitmore house being like, I can't do it. I need to see her. But Marlon just has to send him away because it's not what Lucy wants. 
One day when Henry's at work, he actually sees Lucy at the aquarium and she just smiles and walks right past, like right past him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know him from Adam. And he gets all choked up. Then we see Henry saying goodbye to Jocko the walrus. He's like, I have to get off this island. Besides, I know that you have something going on with Candace. And Jocko does like a mating call to another walrus and another and another. And Henry is like, Candace, Bernice, and Rose, good luck, man. Later on the pier, Ula and his kids say goodbye to Henry. And Henry is like, make sure your dad doesn't get eaten by a shark. Then Ula tells him something, I'm assuming in Hawaiian. And Henry is like, remind me what that means again. And he's like, bring me back a (laughs) t-shirt. And they hug. And Ula's like, medium, husky. (laughs) So... Then out of the blue, just one of Ula's kids does a backflip off of the dock. And Ula's like, no flippies off the dock. You could get hurt. And all the kids do a backflip off of the dock. And then Ula's like, let me show you how it's done. Jumps in, just slams on the water. Body shattered. Big old belly flop. Yeah. Uh, We didn't really mention it, but like the kids are adorable. They're all like giggly and mischievous and Mm -hmm. cute. And... Mr. Whitmore and Doug come to wish him bon voyage, and Doug gives him a box of Spam and Reese's peanut butter cups from Nick and Sue, but then, like, immediately is like, I like I like Spam and Reese's cups. Like, can I have it? And takes it back. <laughs> and Henry asks Mr. Whitmore how Lucy is, and he tells him, she's living at the Institute as of three weeks ago. She didn't want to be a burden to me and Doug anymore. Like, I don't know, but I couldn't talk her out of it. Um, But she is doing great. She's teaching an art class. She gets to paint every day and she's even singing again. Hmm. So she is healing, which is really probably what what should have been done in the beginning. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, due time. Mm -hmm. And it seems like she really is trying to make progress, um, which is very beautiful. So Mr. Whitmore gives something to Henry from one sailor to another, and he tells him to take care of himself out there. Then Alexa is on the dock and she starts flirting with Doug and squeezes his ass. So there's a little tete-a-tete going on there. Once again, it's a you get a sweet moment, and then we have to have something stupid to right. undercut it immediately. <laughs> so Henry is sailing on his boat. He opens the gift from Marlin, and it is a Beach Boys. Oh, my goodness. Is it a CD or a cassette tape? I can't remember. It's a CD. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, wow, how nice of that man to give me a CD that will remind me of all the wonderful times I shared with his daughter. What an asshole. And that's our second Adam Sandler scream of the movie. (laughs) We then cut to Henry singing along in tears to Wouldn't It Be Nice as he sailed. Wouldn't it be nice if we could wake up? (laughs) And then he, you know, thinks about it. He has a memory flash, you know, remembers about Marlon saying she only meets on or she only sings on days that she meets you Mm -hmm. and then he's like is he trying to tell me something oh my god she remembers me (gasps) i don't know why he couldn't just tell him that but (laughs) sure i know it is it's a cute little framing though because 
Lucy would give him the the CD yeah. when he was going out. So yeah, but yeah, he could he could have just saved him the trouble. Mm-hmm. And back at the institute, we see Lucy teaching her art class. She's very much in her element. And Henry runs into the institute. The security guards stop him. He's like, I have an appointment. And they're like, what's your name? And he's just like, uh, um, I, um, mm-hmm. um. And one of the security guards who, as a running joke, is like bad at his job. He's like, oh, man, he can't remember his name. I feel bad for the guy. Hey, just go on up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other security guard is like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. So Henry runs up the stairs to Lucy and runs into 10 Second Tom and he's like, hi, I'm Tom. And Henry's like, yeah, we've met before. Like, maybe you could help me. Do you know where Lucy is? And I'm like, he cannot help you. No. So he bypasses Tom and makes it up the stairs to Lucy's art class and like barges in. And he's like, Lucy, do you have any idea who I am? And she looks at him and the look is like so loving and like pierces right into his soul. But she says no Mm. and Henry says that sucks (laughs) but Lucy does ask him his name and asks if she can show him something so they go to Lucy's studio it's like her own private studio where all of her paintings are and they are all paintings of Henry just in different like colors and styles and there's even one where his head is a giant egg Mm. and she says she doesn't know who he is but she dreams about him almost every night and doesn't know why and henry tells her that the notebook she reads every day used to have a lot of stuff about him in it but she erased him from her memories because she thought she was holding him back from having a full and happy life But being with her is the only way he could have a full and happy life. And he tells her she's the girl of his dreams. And apparently he is the man of her dreams. So they shake hands and lean in to kiss. And then Tom comes in to introduce himself. And they're like, come back in 10 seconds. We can meet again. And they embrace each other very passionately and make out and just have this like reunion. Because mm. she has been thinking of him this whole time. Yeah. She just couldn't like put her finger on it. The brain is so mysterious. So we cut forward. It's the morning and Lucy wakes up somewhere she's never seen before. She puts in the videotape and sees the car crash. She sees Henry. She sees their wedding, looks down and sees a (gasps) ring on her finger. Oh, my goodness. We see Doug and Alexa are together now. What the hell? That's going on. But, yeah, they're they're now betrothed. And Henry says, it's very cold outside, so when you're ready, put on a jacket and come have breakfast with me. Lucy looks out the window to see that she is not in a home, but, in fact, on a boat. (gasps) Oh. In the Arctic, presum- presumably they're near Alaska. Yeah, like Alaska. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Lucy goes up onto the deck of the boat where she meets Henry and also her daughter. Aww. She has like a four-year-old daughter named Nicole. 
and she, you know, gets emotional. She picks up her daughter for the first time to her. She sees her dad is there too. And we zoom out on this happy family as Mm -hmm. Somewhere Over the Rainbow is playing. And our last little shot, Jocko kissing all his walrus wives. Beautiful. The end. The end. I loved the movie. It's, it's such a good time. <laughs> I, I really do love it. It has such an endearing quality. And I think that without Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, this movie would not be as good as it is. They're For sure. just like genuine, earnest chemistry carries. Yeah. With other actors, this could be a total flop. Like, yeah. I don't think the romance and the comedy would have landed. No. But also, like, every Adam Sandler character is just – very tailored to him and mm-hmm. his style of acting is so unique um i think he is a really grounded actor yeah even though he has those like outburst moments it's definitely uh i think it's a very like deep character study when he performs i don't know if that's like putting too much gravitas on it but like we could if you've seen Uncut Gems, like, you know, he can do a very robust, mm-hmm. nuanced character really well. And Drew Barrymore is effervescent and just mm-hmm. completely engaging the entire film. And even though it's like kind of a comical concept, it's really just so endearing. I found it like a pleasure to watch and I want to watch it again. Yeah. Like this movie has a lot of heart to it. And I think that they are able to approach this very serious, like, storyline in such a lovely way. And while there are, you know, some moments where the comedy is just, like, whatever. Like, you know, like the critics say, it kind of undercuts it sometimes. Um, But ultimately, I think it's a really great watch. It's a lovely little rom-com and it has a it has a unique premise as well. It's not really Very something unique. that we see all the time. Right. Stop making dog movies. Make <laughs> more rom-coms. Make more amnesia movies. Let's get yeah. more amnesia. We love <laughs> amnesia as a plot device. It moves the plot along so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People in movies get amnesia left and right. We've talked about yeah. it before. It happens more than you think. So. In film. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought the pacing was great too. The mm-hmm. only parts I didn't love were like <laughs> fucking um, Rob Schneider. Yeah. Rob Schneider. Rob yeah. Schneider. I just thought that it was like so crude compared to the rest of the movie that it yeah. like, took me out of it. It's moments like that where it's like, oh, this is, I guess, trying to appeal to the men in the audience. So true. So yeah. true. Yeah. Especially like early aughts men. This mm-hmm. was definitely like the comedy that was looked for. Yeah. Very Dane Cook, crude, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I guess what would you rate the movie? I like it, but it's again, it's not even my favorite in the the Sandler Barrymore universe. But yeah. I do really enjoy it, and I have a good time every time I watch it. I'm gonna give it like a a very solid little seven point five eight somewhere in that range. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah. I love Drew Barrymore, dude. I mm-hmm. am thinking about music and lyrics, and I'm like, ugh, she's just so – She's just radiant. She's radiant, and I guess you could call her quirky, but it's in a very different way than Zoe Deschanel yeah. is quirky. I just think she is so 
herself. Every mm-hmm. role that she does feels so organic. Yeah. And yeah, I think her like kind of quiet and understated and even in her interviews that I've seen her do on her show, she's like very engaged when she's mm-hmm. with other people. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so she's always like intaking her scene partner and really reacting off of it to make the most like organic and natural choices. Mm -hmm. And that just shines through um, very clearly. Yeah. We just, we love Drew Barrymore. We love Drew Barrymore. If you're out there, we love you. We love you. You're welcome on the pod anytime. 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 (laughs) Day or night, give us a call. We'll fly to you. You don't even have to do it remotely. No, we'll do it. (laughs) Business expense. Yeah. But we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to watch Fifty First Dates and you're in Canada, you're in luck. It's on Netflix. Yes. And if you want to watch Fifty First Dates in the U.S., it's on Max, not <laughs> HBO Max. We're on Max now, baby. Got that password. Oh, Lord. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. We're excited to bring you our, our next two summer movies. I can't believe we only have two left. The right, Podcast Summer is flying by. I hope you're all enjoying your summer and doing fun things. If you're in Australia, I hope you're enjoying your winter. Question. Yeah, true, true. And uh, if you want a little more content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can always, always send us a good old-fashioned email, movie requests, comments, your likes, your dislikes, ask for advice, <laughs> you know, lay it all out for us. At movies that raised us at gmail.com. <laughs> yes, at movies that raised us at gmail.com. And with that being said, I guess I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.